Wonderful. Thank you, Irene. Well, good morning. What an honour and privilege it is to speak with us this morning. And this morning is the last um, week on our Wholeness series. I hope you've enjoyed the series and got a lot out of it. Uh, Obviously, we've had to spend a week on various sections of wholeness, but wholeness really comes from that Hebrew word shalom, and it's a holistic word. It's about God has a plan and a design for every part of who we are. Uh, Forgive us that we've split it up into various sections, but really the whole message of this series is that God is interested in every part of who you are. So today, we get to look at the physical wholeness. What is it that God has a plan and a design for us around our physicality? So the first thing to say, let's get this out and done and dusted, is I am no expert in this area. In my head, I imagine that I'm 21, that I am still this kind of Victorian strongman. You know, you've got that image in your head, whereas, you know, fully muscled, ripped, uh, svelte, Uh, chiseled, probably a good word. Uh, I'm 45. In reality, the reality is a little bit more like this image. That's a little bit more like who I am. You see, my problem is I keep saying yabba dabba do to things like cakes and sugar and chocolate, whereas I should be saying yabba dabba don't. It's okay, you can laugh, don't worry, I know, it's fine. So I'm no expert. There are some of you health professionals in the room who have a greater level of expertise than myself. Forgive me if I get any of this stuff wrong as we go through it. Feel free to come and chat with me at the end and say, Howard, you need to sort that bit out. But um, really, I have got some expertise. I am type 1 diabetic and have been since the age of 8. So 37, 38 years of my life, I have had quite rigorous appointments with hospitals and doctors and GPs, and I've been very, very very um, well led in monitoring my physical health. So daily I take my uh, blood glucose levels and do that multiple times during the day. Uh, Every so often, weekly or so, I would weigh myself and make sure that that's right. Every six months or so, I get a slightly better blood test that looks at my kind of charts or my graphs for the last three or four months of my life. Um, So I'm used to conversations and places that talk about physical health. I've gleaned lots of stuff from dietitians and health experts over the years, some of which I've forgotten, I have to admit, and some of which has embedded itself in my life. And I'm also really grateful to my mum and dad, who led me and guided me so well in those first few years of being diabetic that established some rhythm and routine in my life around managing my diabetes. So I've got a little bit of expertise, but by no means am I the full expert. So the first thing to say on all of this is we're all on the same journey. We might be at different starting points, so when we get onto the real practical stuff in the middle of the message, we might have different starting points. Things might speak differently to each of us, but we're all on a journey, okay? No one here has got it all together. We're all on a journey, and today I want to show you from Scripture that that journey is led by the Lord. God has a design for our lives. So today I want to just do three really simple points. The first is this, that God has a plan or a design, maybe design is an even better word, for you and for I, and that includes our physical wholeness. The second one is that under his plan and his design, you and I have a wonderful opportunity to steward the resource that he's given us. And today I want to reveal to us that one of our resources is our physicality, our physical wholeness. And the the third point, I kind of want to sum the whole series up if I can, and I want to introduce two words. I want to introduce the words perfect 
peace. And I want to introduce you to a man. His name is Jesus. And his name is Jesus, but his character is perfect peace. And I want to introduce you to him because actually everything in this series is only really summed up in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Other than that, it's just some good principles and some good practice for us to get into, led by the word of God. But it actually wraps itself up in a relationship with Jesus. And that's where we're ending our message today. Just want to give you a little bit of an insight of where we want to close. Today, we want to close by praying for those of you who today have a physical health need that you'd love to have ministered to by the Lord. We believe in healing and we want to see signs and wonders accompany the preaching of the word this morning. We want to see physical healing in this place so if you've come here today with a physical burden or a physical healing don't leave without somebody praying for you and today also we're going to pray into a specific area that may have gripped one or two of us in the room so physical wholeness let's start with our first thought then this morning the first thought is that God has a plan for your and my life God's plan I'd love it if you've got your Bible with you we're going to use a version of the Bible called the message it will come up on screen but again have this in front of you because I'd love the word of God the living word of God to speak to us this morning way more than my words I would love the living word of God to speak to us and I'd love you to turn to the songbook of the Bible the Psalms I'd love you to turn to Psalm 139 it'll come up on the screen as well if you've not got a Bible with you and we're going to look at verses 14 to 16 and I've chosen today to read from the message version just because I think into our culture today some of the words that this speaks uh, really speak of the creative crafting of God as he looks at you and he looks at I and I'd love us today I'm just going to read this slowly and rather than preach this passage I'd love the word of God to speak to us so allow your heart to be receptive to what God wants to say to you this morning allow these words to be life to you perhaps you've read this passage many many times before and maybe it's got a little dry for you or perhaps maybe this is the first time you've ever thought about the creator God and his relationship with you and your very being it says this in Psalm 139 oh yes You, speaking about God, you've shaped me from the inside and then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. Just allow that to just speak to you this morning, that you have been formed, you and I were formed in the mother's womb by a creative father who loves us and put us together. I thank you, high God. You are breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvellously made. Allow the word of God to speak to us again this morning. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit. How I was sculpted. I love that word speaks of wonderful creative crafting of God. I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you have watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life have all been prepared before I'd even lived one day. Allow the truth of God's word this morning to capture us, speak to us. Perhaps some of you have had other words spoken over your life. 
Perhaps there's been complications in your physical journey to this point, and maybe even medics have spoken things over you that don't align with that particular verse. This morning, I'd love the word of God to be truth over your situation, truth over things that perhaps you've heard or faced in the past. I'd also love the truth of God's word today to be the umbrella that we sit all of the ways we see ourselves under. You see, our culture or our day seems to scream at us the ideal or perfect way for you to physically, you and I to physically be. Think about some of our adverts that we watch on television. Some of the things that are put in front of us as this perfect image of what it is to be physically whole. Perhaps some of your social media feeds as you scroll down them are filled with, if you did this, you would be better physically. If you wore this or used this makeup or you dressed in this particular way, you would be physically more acceptable to us. Perhaps you've begun to believe our cultural lie about what beauty is and what it is to be beautiful. Today, I'd love the word of God, Psalm 139, to reign over our lives, to speak over our lives and begin to change the cultural narrative that is spoken to us so often. I'd also love the word of God this morning to speak into one specific area that I think is probably in evidence in just in a human soul. So it's probably something that each and every one of us have to deal with at some point, and that is comparison. Comparison is something that will rob you of the joy that God has for you. Psalm 139 for me speaks so wonderfully and eloquently about the plan that he has for you as an individual. The plan that he has for you, the crafting that he made for you and me. You see, he hasn't made anyone else like he's made Howard. He hasn't made anyone else like this. He hasn't made anyone else like you. He has crafted you in a unique way. And he speaks life to your body today. He speaks life to your very being. And he speaks to you today, particularly if there are battlefields in the mind where you've started to believe something else. Things like this, I'm not as good as this person. Oh, if only I could look like that. If only I could physically be like that. If you've begun to believe those lies, allow Psalm 139 this morning to speak truth and life to you because it is packed with the truth of God over our lives. So the first thing to say in God's plan is God's plan began before you and I were formed. He had a plan over your life and that plan involves your physical wholeness. The second thing to say is that God's plan always reveals his love, his care and his interest in each of us. His love, his care, and his interest in each of us. And I want to drill this down into one specific area today. I think it would be amiss of us to to speak about physical wholeness and not speak about healing and what we believe in a theology around healing. So the first point of um, thing to mention in God's care and his love and his interest in us is that God's nature, his character and his nature One part of his nature is he is the healer. One of his names is Jehovah Rapha, and that literally means the God who heals, or God is healer. And what I want to understand is that God does healing, but he is the healer. 
It is his character and his nature. So when we come forward for healing, we come forward to meet with the one who is our healer. And he continues to heal. It's in his very character and his very nature. That is the God who we love, worship and serve together. Now that's modelled brilliantly in his son Jesus. The, uh, Jesus, the full embodiment of God and fully human on the earth. Everywhere he went, it says in scripture, he healed every disease and sickness. Matthew 9 says that. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. So as God, as God was made manifest on the earth, as he walked through the earth, he brought healing wherever he went. And that's the spirit that we can today receive. The other thing to say is that God still heals today. I don't know how you uh, built a theology around healing. Perhaps you've begun to believe a lie that says he couldn't heal me today. Well, I'd love us to begin today to speak out and uh, raise some testimonies of God still healing in this place, in this season, in this day, in this age. Would you do me a little favour? Just for a moment, if you know that physically, at some point in your journey with Jesus, some point in your relationship with him, he has physically healed you in some way shape or form and you can attribute that to the healing power of God at work today would you raise your hand for me in this place great stuff let's have a little look round. so a huge number of us in probably two-thirds of us in this place can attribute in some way a physical healing to our lives attributed to father and son and spirit who is working in our lives in this season that is wonderful. My own testimony is that I used to have a frozen shoulder, had it for about nine to ten months, and couldn't raise my arm above about there without it feeling painful. Um, it was my right shoulder, so I've already shown you I can now do it. Uh, and I can now, and it was just a moment of time. I'd been out for prayer three or four times, and in that moment, I received healing. And I had full mobility. It's, it is literally my suit jacket that's stopping me tonight, today. But... Um, had full healing. I also, a couple of weeks ago, um, was at Gainsborough in the afternoon. I'd preached, uh, it was in this series, I brought a word in the afternoon. And during the day, in fact, for a few days before that, I just had some backache. You know that time where you'd done something, you got out of bed in a weird, in a weird way or something like that, and it just twinges. So I asked um, Carl, um, Loz and Kaz to pray for me, and they laid hands on me, prayed, and the next, I didn't really think much more about it, but the next morning I woke, and I was just uh, woken with that sense of, there's no back pain. And in that moment of time, I received healing. So I know as a personal testament that God is still in the business of healing today. Here at Alive, we have an opportunity every single month called Worship Encounter. It's one evening a month where we give time and attention to elongated worship, periods of song worship, and prayer, particularly prayer for those who are physically unwell. And we love to see what God is doing in that place. We've got some incredible testimonies from those evenings, just giving space and time and attention to God and to what he can do when we give him our attention. I'd love you to consider coming along to those, particularly if you want a bit of a faith boost. If you want one of those, I need to see some stuff of God again in my life. Maybe there's an area of your life that's perhaps gone a bit dry. Come along to one of those evenings because they're an incredible opportunity to see God at work in this place, in this season. The other thing to say is just this week, we had um, a testimony, we received a testimony to the ground level team from a lady who um, received healing at one event last year. 
Now, for those of you who were at the one event last year, on the Tuesday morning, we celebrated and heard a story of a lady who received healing to a significant physical ailment or illness uh, during her time on the, on the showground that weekend. And now, six months or so on from there, she sent a report of where she is currently at. I'd love this to build some faith in us this morning. Just as a little, um, a little aside, at the end of this, we're going to go crazy and celebrate God's goodness. All right, so lots of, lots of cheers and lots of celebration because this is incredible. Have a listen to this. This is a lady called Claire Boniface. For those people who wanted an update on my miraculous healing, we are now nearly six months later and I am going from strength to strength. I have not used a wheelchair or walking sticks since leaving Lincoln. Following that short prayer from a stranger at one event, my spinal cord has been fully repaired and restored. The medics have confirmed that I am no longer disabled. Yeah, keep it building. All neurological assessments now show that my spine is functioning normally. My life has been completely transformed and I am complete amazement and awe at the amazing goodness and grace of God and his awesome healing power. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good. We give you praise for your goodness and your kindness in our lives. And today we know that you still heal. We know that you are still healing today. And the other thing to build faith in all of our lives and a real hope for the future is that full healing for each and every one of us awaits us in heaven. It says in Revelation 21, a wonderful hope-filled chapter and verse, it says this, ultimately our physical healing awaits in heaven. In heaven there will be no more pain, sickness, disease or death. There is something for us to have as a hope-filled future for each of us. I don't know if my type 1 diabetes is going to be healed on the earth, but I know I'll be in heaven and I will not be type 1 diabetic. So I can always hold, my healing has been purchased on the cross, and I know that my future is hope-filled in God. I thank you, Father. You are so good. The final thing to say about God's plan or his design over our life is that God has a plan to give each and every one of us a long life. Psalm 91 verse 16 says this, with long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Then Deuteronomy 5.33 echoes something similar. It says this, that you may live and that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land that you shall possess. I believe today, as I was preparing for this message and I was writing these notes for our locations a few weeks ago, and I felt quite strongly that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to a particular group of people today. When I was in my late teens and, uh, well, yeah, 19, I arrived here at New Life. I came to the city to train as a teacher. I sat in the balcony for a few weeks. And during those first few months, uh, one of the key people in the life of the church passed away. And he was in his mid-50s. He passed away um, because of the complications linked to diabetes. And at that moment of time, something lodged itself in my head and attached itself to me that became a limiting thought process. I became scared around premature death. I began to start to believe that by my mid-50s, I wouldn't have any more years than that. And that would be the limitation on my life. Now, I have to admit, that is not the voice of God. That is the work of the enemy that has come to attach itself to me and rob me of everything that Jesus has purchased for me, which is life and life in all of its fullness. And today, I want to declare in this place that God has a plan to give you a long life. And I believe at the end of this service that there's going to be a few of us in here that today need to come forward 
for prayer and need to have the, the bondage or the shackles of that lie that has gripped itself to you broken off your life as we pray into principalities and powers and we declare the fullness that Christ has for you over your life. If any of you today have um, begun to align yourself with a lie that your life is restricted or that you will die prematurely, today we want to pray for you. And we believe in this place that the Holy Spirit wants to minister to you and wants to break that off your life. It's not of God. It is not his word over your life. And therefore, we need to um, pray today that that can be broken. Please don't leave this place if today that is something that has gripped itself to you. I believe that God's giving an opportunity today for us to pray into that and believe for entire, complete healing over that particular area. So God has a plan for our lives. It involves our physical wholeness. And secondly, our second point today is that under his plan and under how he operates in our lives, we have a wonderful opportunity to steward the resource of our physical being, our stewardship. Now, whenever we talk about stewardship, often we link it to our finances and our financial, financial resources. A definition of stewardship really means utilising and managing all the resources that God provides for the glory of God and for the betterment of his creation. He's given us a wonderful resource in our bodies. He's given us a wonderful set of resources as well. So today, our Bible passage for this moment of time for our stewardship can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And where it talks here about our bodies as temples, our bodies and honouring God with our bodies. It says this, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. And that last moment of time, therefore, honour God with your bodies has many implications. Some's about sexual purity, some's about our physical being, some is about how we uh, give our bodies to various things as well. But the honouring of God, I just want to focus today in four areas that you and I can steward our bodies, steward our bodies well in order that we will live that long life. You see, God has a plan for us to live a long life, but actually to receive that plan in its fullness, there's some things that are actually really good principles that you and I can start to live by and as we do or or make improvements in and as we do we actually begin to extend our life so the four things and again I'm no expert in all of these so please don't hear any of this in condemnation as I say some of these things I'm literally speaking to myself I could do better in some of these areas you know I could lose some weight I could probably do some more exercise and um, there are other areas we talk about so the first one the first area that you and I can steward and steward well is nutrition what do we eat the thing that goes into our mouth and sustains our body Now, I don't know about you, but I've become aware increasingly over the last number of months that the quality of food, the things that we eat, is becoming more and more prevalent in society. I don't know if any of you did that um, Jan... uh, What's it called? Jan... Veganuary. Yeah, it doesn't begin with a jam. That's where I went strong. Veganuary. Anyone decided to become vegan for a month, maybe sustained it for a couple of days, and then decided uh, that meat was just too nice. Um, but there's a, there's a thing in our culture, isn't there, at the moment, about the quality of what we eat. When I was growing up in the 80s, um, it was perhaps more about quantity. Um, certainly through the 80s and 90s, portion sizes got bigger. I remember watching uh, or seeing an advert for a film called Super Size Me, where a man basically 
basically just went for the supersized McDonald's at every meal during the, um, during the day, did that for a period of 30 days or so, and then monitored the harm that it was doing to his body. And that sense that actually there was a season, I think, about how much we ate, and actually about the taste of it, etc. But now it's definitely much more about the quality of what we eat and the nutritional content in it. Now again, no condemnation, um, but really I'm going to put a, a little diagram up on the screen. Our health professionals describe a really healthy and balanced diet for it, for us. And really this shows us that if you imagine your plate and you subdivide your plate in a similar way to what it looks like on screen, you might begin to discover as you look at your plate and the food that you eat that perhaps you're not quite as balanced or perhaps I'm not quite as balanced as that picture would show me. I think we all know now, don't we, we've had it drilled into us over the last few years that it's good for us to eat five portions of veg and fruit every single day. Veg is better than fruit because of the sugar content in fruit. Um, it's good for us to eat healthy, whole meal um, carbohydrates, ones that have what is called a low glycemic index. So in other words, they take a long time for your body to absorb them and the insulin in your body to work over a period of time rather than quick short bursts. And um, things like wholemeal rice is good for that sort of stuff. It's good to have protein in our diet. It's good to make sure that we minimise uh, sugars and lots of sugars in our diet. It's good for us to drink lots of water during the day as well. And as I say, I'm no expert in this and I could get better in lots of areas to do with the nutritional content of what I'm eating. But there's some really startling statistics out there. Apparently 75% of the UK are now overweight or obese. Now that is scary. When I think of the three quarters of our nation that are now overweight, I mean, I'm overweight. Perhaps a number of us in this um, building today are currently on the chart, our BMI, uh, the index of our body mass, we're perhaps not doing particularly well. Perhaps today we could make a decision, you know, for God speaking to me around my physical wholeness, I need to lose a little bit of weight. I know that might be thing, something he's speaking to me about. The other kind of thing around food is really interesting. In the 1970s, 1980s, our plates were smaller than they are nowadays. You can't buy a dinner plate now in the 2020s that is the same size as the dinner plates were in the 1970s. They have got bigger. So some marketing guru somewhere has decided we all should be eating a little bit more. My dietitian a couple of weeks told me that actually a good principle is to use a side plate rather than a dinner plate for your portion sizes. I haven't yet done it, but um, maybe one day. My side plates just look too small. I was like... <laughs> but it's a good set of principles to get into, is to actually begin to check what are we eating. You know, are you anyone a little bit like me who likes a snack, you know, during the day? Likes to, you know, nibble on something halfway through the afternoon? Uh, well, if that's a Mars bar, you might just want to have a little look at that. Maybe God wants to say to you, that's perhaps not the healthiest thing for you to be eating at that moment of time. Howard. Okay, the next thing to say, another area that you and I can steward is our sleep. Do you know that sleep is a superpower? For each and every one of us, sleep does something wonderful for us. Now, let's name God, a character of God. God doesn't slumber or sleep. Our children are finding that out today. But you and I are not designed to model God in that part of our lives. We are designed to slumber and sleep. 
we are designed to have periods in our day, every day, of rest. Now, let's say a couple of things here. Obviously, for many of us, I think it's about a third of the UK struggle with sleep patterns. So again, in this room, there'll be a number of us that struggle with sleep patterns. Maybe for some of you, that's due to the moment of life that you're in. Perhaps you're a new family and um, you've got children that awake in the middle of the night. We had that for a number of years and uh, life is just very different at three in the morning, isn't it? When you've been awoken from a deep sleep. It is an odd environment to be in. But for maybe some of you, there are certain patterns and behaviours that you've got into that are actually robbing you from sleep. Our health professionals, again, remind us and are speaking quite a lot nowadays about what they call our sleep hygiene. So how can you and I build patterns into our life that allow us to sleep better? One of the things is to try and minimise the use of our screens before bed. Our screens have a particular type of light attached to them. It's a blue light. It's a vibrant light. It allows us to wake up rather than a more subdued yellow light. It's called the colour temperature of the light. And if we're looking at our screens before bed, it actually awakens us rather than subdues us and allows us to go to sleep in a better way. Other things that perhaps we do, let me just mention that word caffeine. Don't know how you're doing on that front, but do you know that caffeine stays in your system for eight hours? Um, now, I don't drink coffee or tea. I am not high and mighty and sanctimonious or anything like that. I just never enjoyed the taste, but I know that I get caffeine through other things like chocolate, etc. But caffeine stays in our systems for eight hours once you've had a portion. So they recommend not taking any more caffeine on after 5 p.m. So if any of you like a coffee in the evening, just be aware that that is going to still be in your system and it's a stimulant. It will wake you up um, um, up to eight hours later. So if you're struggling to sleep until, say, one, two, three in the morning, just maybe check how much caffeine you've had in the evening. Alcohol is a similar thing. You know, perhaps if you've got into a habit of having a couple of drinks in the evening or maybe more, maybe today God's saying, actually, that's not going to be great for you. Check that out and um, begin to do something about that. The other thing is actually how long you spend in bed. Uh, there is a kind of designated, really good amount of time that you and I can be in bed. And obviously, if you're spending longer than that in bed, your body is probably not doing exactly what is really it's designed to do. I love this, though, as a little thought. So if God doesn't slumber and sleep, why not allow those moments of time where we are slumbering and sleeping to allow him to do a work in us. If he's awake during those eight hours when we're asleep, he is still active. He is still doing something in us. He's still speaking into areas of our life. And why not receive those eight hours of sleep a night as an opportunity for us to be recovered, for rest to come, for us to be rejuvenated, and for us to be allowed to move into the next day with the fullness that God has designed for us. If you don't sleeping very well, I'd love for our ministry team today to pray for you and to believe that actually we can begin to see those patterns of sleep restored in your life. So our second stewardship area is sleep. The third one is stress. Stress. Now, often when you talk to people, uh, we use that word nowadays, don't we? If you say, how are you doing? I'm busy. That's one of the, the kind of stock answers that we use nowadays. How's it going? I'm busy. And what we actually mean is that I've probably got to that kind of maximum of 
what I can cope with. I loved Roger Bretherton's message a couple of weeks ago where he says, stress is designed for us to live in short bursts. We're not designed to live for prolonged periods of time in stress. Our bodies can't cope with it. You see, something neurological happens in stress and we move into what people call the fight fight or flight mode. In other words, we want to fight this thing that is stressing us or we want to run away from it as quick as we possibly can. And fight or flight is good for very short periods of time, but it's not good for us to live in prolonged periods of time like that. Stress has some really um, physical attributes attached to it. Perhaps you're someone today who has regular headaches. Perhaps aches and pains have begun to become part of your story. Perhaps low energy or an upset stomach, perhaps chest pain, rapid heartbeat, perhaps insomnia, back to the sleep one, and perhaps frequent colds and infections. Again, this information is just out there about the physical attributes of living on continual stress. Now, God didn't design for you and I to live in that place. We're not designed to live in a place of stress. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. We've used this a couple of times, actually, across this series. Come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, or in 2020 language, all of you are stressed, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, the plan over our lives by God is for us to work out of and live out of a place of rest, and we find our rest in him in our relationship with him. From that point, we become active. But rest is the wonderful counter to the stress that our culture demands of us. I've done quite a bit of a journey in this area over the last 12 months or so. This time last year, lots of people around me, from Stuart and Irene through to my parents, through to Claire, my wife, were saying, Howard, you are living at that kind of point of burnout now they weren't naming burnout but that kind of sense of you can't continue like this you can't keep going trying to run the hours that you run and the the lifestyle that you're running it's not good for you now you can hear that thousands of times from people but until you make a decision yourself to act upon it things don't necessarily change so I made a decision this time last year actually to do something about it. And it's been a really gentle process with God. It wasn't alarmingly, I had to cut out all these things. He's just taking me on a journey. And I know I've still got further to go. But a book that helped me on the journey, and if you are kind of feeling like you're at that place of just kind of relentless um, activity, um, I recommend this book. It was called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And it really helped me understand God's desire for me to be a person who lives out of a place of rest. And as I say, I haven't got it all together. But I'm still on the journey, but it's been super helpful for me. And one of the things it encouraged me to do was ask three questions. The first question was this, what do I currently do that nurtures my spirit? So if I've got activity in my life that nurtures me, can I do more and more of that? And I began to name three things for me. The first thing was I love exercise so running and cycling are big things for me they nurture me they um, build me up the second is music uh, playing piano for me doesn't have to be for any purpose just playing piano I really feel like my receptors I don't know if you feel in a similar way in other things but my receptors to God are like peaked at that moment of time I know that I hear the voice of God now he's speaking all the time in other areas to me but I'm more receptive to him and another thing for me is I love to be by the beach um, I love to walk along cliff, cliff tops so building a holiday into my year where I get to be near water like that is a big thing for me so things that nurture me you'll have different things 
You don't all need to go from here and start playing the piano. That may not be your thing. But you will have things where you know that nurtures you, builds you up, gives you life. But then secondly, the question it asks is, what people, places uh, and activities do I need to avoid because they do the opposite, they deplete me? What things in my life actually deplete me? And I know there are certain things in my life that if I do them and do them for too long, I am completely worn out and no one gets the best of me, etc. And then thirdly, what have-tos impact my rhythm in this season of my life? So some have-tos in my life, I have young children, they are a have-to that impacts the season and rhythm of my life. I have to be attentive to the, um, my children in this season. Some of you, for example, will be caring for elderly relatives. They are have-tos that are in this rhythm of your life. And um, they perhaps won't, that rhythm will change over a period of time. But now you have a have-to that impacts the rhythm. Those three questions for me have been quite life-giving as I've begun to evaluate. And it led me to this image. You can take a picture of it if you want, um, if it's in any way helpful to you. It, le- it led me to evaluate four areas of my life which I found could become stressful and start to live in a place of rest in each of them. The first one was prayer. Okay, I found that prayer was often crowded out. A life of prayer um, and how do I embed that into my whole being and how does my whole being start from that? I found at stress levels, I'd be less prayerful because it would be crowded out than starting from a place of rest. Uh, Rest, what do I do on a daily, a weekly and an annual basis to give myself rest? You can see some of the things up there. Relationships, what relationships should I be investing in that nurture me and uh, that I know that I nurture in that environment as well? What are my key priority relationship wise? And then work, I knew that work was becoming all consuming um, and I had let that happen. It wasn't asking that of me, I had let that happen and I began to take some kind of parameters around it. But the circle in the middle for me is the key thing on this particular diagram and particular image when we talk about rest. The circle is how do I receive the love of God and how do I give the love of God? And when I start to evaluate my being, I know that in some areas of my life, my receptors are up to receiving the love of God. And in some areas of my life, I know that I'm like a hand in a glove in terms of how I'm functioning about giving the love of God from uh, where God has called me to be. So the third area of our stewardship is stewarding rest, really, and dealing with stress. And the fourth area is exercise. How are we doing and how am I doing in exercise? Now, um, exercise has wonderful benefits for us. I was with my nurse, uh, literally this week, my diabetic nurse, and we were talking about exercise, and she asked me two questions, which I thought was superb, because I've always got this image of like me as a kind of gym magnets kind of I've got to be at the gym and I've got to be exercising and I've got to do 45 days of gym exercise every day you know that kind of thing uh, to get us fit but actually she said uh, do you do any gardening and do you do any housework so I was like you are so kind thank you so much she was saying basically if you can build those sort of things into your life then you'll begin to do exercise that is helpful to you the recommendation is that we all do five lots of 30 minutes of exercise every single week generally spread out across the week, not all in one day. So 30 minutes of exercise over five days can be really beneficial to all of us. And that's exercise that raises our heartbeat, causes us to sweat a little bit, you know, so walking at a good pace, maybe a little jog, maybe getting a bike, and those sort of things can really help in that environment. And the other thing is to do two lots of strength 
conditioning exercise every single week. So to make sure that your muscles are um, supported throughout um, the week as well. And that's where things like housework and gardening can come into play as well. You don't need to join a gym tomorrow to start that journey, but for some of us it may be helpful. So five lots of 30 minutes uh, a week and a couple of times of strength conditioning work as well. And some of the benefits are huge. So heart health making our hearts healthier. I was startled a couple of uh, years ago when I uh, found some facts about internal fat and how much of our lives, whilst we have got some external fat, perhaps for many of us attached to us on the externals, it's actually the internal fat that does the most damage. But it's the internal fat that's actually some of the easiest to deal with as well. And exercise really helps dealing with that stuff. Weight loss, reduced stress. They all kind of work in hand in hand, don't they? Mood buster, energy burst, improved memory. Who wants some of that? A bit of improved memory. Well, 30 minutes of exercise can help in that environment. Increased productivity, increased creativity. You know, if you're a creative being and want to be more creative, I know that some of the best ideas I've ever had have been when I've ridden a bike or when I've uh, run. It's just like all of a sudden, so you're not thinking about the thing that you want to be thinking about and all of a sudden another idea comes in. And then improved self-confidence. These are kind of natural things that come when we begin to exercise. One of the great things that our health um, uh, experts tell us is that if you want to improve on a physical exercise area, start somewhere. Do something small. Take one small step towards it. You don't need to sign up tomorrow morning to run the London Marathon. That's probably not going to help you at this stage if you haven't exercised for the last number of months. But if exercise is the thing of an area that you feel I need to start stewarding a bit better, start somewhere. Do something. Um, Stop driving on one day and decide to walk on that day. That might be the first thing as your first step of stewarding your exercise area. So four areas of our stewardship that under God's plan for our lives, you and I could perhaps be a little bit further on the journey. Maybe God's speaking in one of those areas to you. But I want to sum up the whole of this series in one moment of time, really. And I want to introduce you to two words. And those words are perfect peace. Perfect peace. You see, our physical wholeness, our spiritual wholeness, our emotional wholeness, our relational wholeness, all of them begin and find themselves completed in a relationship with Jesus Christ, the man who is perfect peace. And today I want to introduce you to him. Perhaps you've known him and are walking with him and you are in relationship with him in this moment of time, but perhaps there's people in this place who aren't yet. I wanted to highlight a verse from the Old Testament of the Bible. This is Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. It says this, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. You see, our physical wholeness begins with our mental wholeness. It begins with us understanding a, bo- a man who is perfect peace and us receiving his peace in our life. Physical wholeness won't be achieved by us striving to achieve it. It'll be achieved by us receiving his peace into our lives and allowing ourselves to be taken on a relational journey with him uh, for our future. And I want to introduce to you today an opportunity for you to meet Jesus. Perhaps you're here for the very first time or perhaps you've never prayed a prayer where you've accepted Jesus into your heart. I want to just take a moment to put a prayer on the screen for every single one of us to pray a prayer together and then to give you an opportunity to respond to this prayer. Perhaps you've listened to this whole message around physical wholeness and you've thought I could get all of that information in the gym or at the doctors but you can't get this 
relationship started without praying a prayer like this. And I want to give you the opportunity to do this. It's perhaps the most important thing we can do today by allowing a number of you in this place to start a relationship with Jesus. So we're going to say a prayer together. Be a prayer on screen. Then at the end of this moment of time, I'll ask everyone to bow their heads. If you've said this prayer for the very first time, I'd love you to raise your hand in this place. One or two of my friends will bring a book to you and just sit with you for a moment and talk with you about that prayer that you've prayed and taking a step towards knowing Jesus and allowing him into your heart. So let's pray this prayer together, church. Let's say this. Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that I can get connected to you now because you are alive today. I admit that I have lived my life without you and I've messed up. I ask for your total forgiveness and I commit myself to you. Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. I receive you into my life and ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Wonderful. Let's bow our heads in this place. Is there anybody here who said that prayer for the first time? Would you just raise your hand for me? We'd love to bring a book to you just to explain the prayer to help you with that journey. Just looking in each section. Thank you, sir. That's a great decision that you've made. Alan, Alan, if we could bring a a book to this gentleman back here, that would be great. Thank you so much. Is there anyone else today who'd like to join this gentleman and just indicating you've prayed that prayer for the very first time today? Wonderful. We celebrate that decision, sir. That's a great decision you've made this morning. Wonderful. Let's just raise our heads. I just want to give an opportunity for three responses today, and they're all really short. Well, the first two are really short. The second one's going to demand something of each of us. The first is this. I want to celebrate and thank those of you who work in the health profession. I want to celebrate doctors and nurses, those of you who are uh, healthcare workers, those of you who work in the area of fitness, and I'd love if you work in that particular area today, I'd love you to stand because we want to celebrate you, we want to thank God for you. If there's those of you who work in um, mental health care as well, I'd love you to stand. At the end of this series, we want to honour you in this place. Wow, this is incredible. We thank God for you. We ask that God will bless you. We ask that God will give you wisdom for every decision you have to make. We, uh, we honour you in this place this morning. We honour you for the tireless service that you give to our nation and to us personally, for the way that you care for us, the way you extend the love of God through the care service. We honour you and we ask that God will pour out his spirit upon you in these coming days. That as you go back into the place of work from tomorrow, that you'll be empowered by the spirit of God, that you'll know that your hands are guided by the hands of the great surgeon, that your hands are guided by the great clinician, Jesus Christ and every decision you make be under the authority of the Holy Spirit as he works in you and through you we thank God for you and we applaud you in this place thank you so much bless you the second decision I'd love us to make or the second application is for, for all of us if there's an area of stewardship that we've gone through today that you know I'm somewhere on the journey but I could do a bit better I'd love for you today to make yourself accountable to someone say do you know what I'm going to get a bit better on my nutrition I'm going to make some decisions to lose a bit of weight I'm going to start a bit of exercise between now and the summer I'm going to do something about some area I want a bit of accountability around my sleep patterns Become accountable to someone. Bring someone else on your journey because that's what we do here at Alive. And the final thing is we want to make a great opportunity available to each of us. If you are today carrying something that is, um, you need God to physically heal you, 
I'd love you to come forward for prayer at the end of our service. Stuart's going to close the service in a moment, but come forward for prayer. We've got a ministry team available, and today specifically for physical healing, we'd love to pray for you. And I personally would love to pray with you if that was spoken to you at any moment of time in the uh, thing that has gripped you about premature death or life-limiting conditions. I'd love to pray for you today because I believe that there's a unique anointing today uh, that God wants to break those things off your life. You're not designed to walk with that as long-term you're designed by God to live for a long life so thank you so much for the honor of speaking in this area God bless you